This is going to work. Okay. Darn it. Third time's a charm. <laughs> You're in the army, you know. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, guys. Welcome to Tell Me a Teaching Story, the podcast where we tell stories about teaching. And I'm really excited today. We have a guest on the podcast. Again, we have Austin Martin here from Pawnee City. Austin, thanks for being here. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. Um, I, not only is Austin a first-year teacher, but he's also working on his master's. Uh, so he is doing all the things and still has time to do a podcast. So we're thankful uh, for that. Austin, do you mind, first of all, just letting everybody know, what is it that you do at Pawnee City? What's your role? So I teach high school special education at Pawnee City. Uh, more specifically, I work in the resource room. So if a student with an IEP or a 504 plan, mm-hmm. um, they are able to utilize that room for to take like tests, to take quizzes, or to get assistance with homework for stu- or study hall, um, any kind of interventions and such. They would come to my room in order to get those accommodations and be able to be able to utilize that space to help put them on an equal playing field with the rest of their peers. Cool. Cool. So you have all the really easy students. <laughs> um, so Austin, what got you into teaching? How did you become a teacher? So this is kind of a long story. I started, I would say it started at uh, Camp Geiger, which is a Boy Scout camp in St. Joseph, Missouri. And I, and they do different areas. So like there are different areas for instruction or being able to teach different things. The area I was in my first two years on staff was aquatics. So Mm -hmm. I taught like basic swimming, life-saving, canoeing, rowing, and like just all the different aquatics aquatics type uh, merit badges and classes. And Mm -hmm. so that was kind of my first exposure of that instructor or teacher mindset. Mm -hmm. And so after high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I decided to go into the military. And so I served in the Marine Corps for about eight years total, about five years active, three years inactive. Um, During that time, I did get to deploy over to Japan and went and we also did some cross training with allied nations in Malaysia, Philippines and Thailand. So doing kind of like a uh, kind of like a curriculum swap in like teacher terms. But we did the same thing with like cross training with the with those allied nations and such so doing different exercises different things and that was really really nice and getting that exposure and while i was in i also taught high intensity tactical training to the to the marines and then i also taught martial arts i was a martial arts instructor mm-hmm. so i kind of got um different martial arts like belts and such for uh for my marines and such and got them trained up and uh-huh. such and so after I got out, I came to Peru State College, where I want, and I got out in uh, December 2017, and I came here to Peru State College, and I knew I wanted to do something with uh, physical education, mm-hmm. and so with being that physical mindset and such, and so I came back, and I did work at camp, back at Camp Geiger for several more summers. A couple summers, I worked in uh, COPE, which is Challenging Outdoor Personal Experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple summers, I was the program director there. And my last summer, I worked there. I was the COPE director. 
Oh, cool. And so, and so I kind of I knew what I wanted to go into, and so I ended up graduating here with a PE major, a special education major, a minor in theater, and a coaching endorsement. Cool. So now you're working in special ed. So originally your thought was physical ed, but you're in the special ed placement. Yes. Yep. Cool. Um, so I have to ask, what's harder, the Marine Corps or being a teacher? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are there are certain aspects. I would say that there are certain aspects that were a lot harder in the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. and there are certain aspects in the teaching profession that were harder than the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's very there's various different ones. Uh, one of the thing is. Um, accountability. So in the Marines, you're pretty much accountable for yourself and everyone else within your groups or your platoon or your mm-hmm. your squad. And yeah. so if someone else gets in trouble in your squad, it's still your fault as well. That Almost that group punishment-wise. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Whereas kind of like teaching profession, you can get – you still have a little bit of that camaraderie, uh-huh. but it's more – it's more independent in that way yeah. where, like, if someone is kind of getting into trouble or so, it's not a group effort. It's kind yeah. of more singled yeah. and such. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, I shouldn't ask that, but I, All good. teaching can be challenging yes, for sure. Yes, it can. It can be. And so, uh, yeah. yes. Um, so, Austin, mm-hmm. this is the big question on the podcast. Can you tell us a teaching story? In, from this first year so far, so I got a couple. I think my most recent recent uh, success story. I have a student, and they have their environment and at their home environment is not. Um, I I would say up to par or like mm-hmm. where it is an enriching environment for them to be able to grow and get stuff done. Yeah, and so yeah. that kind of, and that's just with discussions with them on it and kind of pulling information from other teachers, which is a great source. Yeah. If you don't know much about a student, always ask other teachers and get get like a wide data, like wide data from various sources and kind of ask mm-hmm. and figure that out. And sometimes you can just ask the student, kind of ask the student after you establish that positive teacher-student relationship yeah. and being able to kind of get that information. Mm-hmm. And so get and so they they didn't have that enriching home environment. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of lacking in some classes mostly not because they weren't smart or anything like that, but it was mostly because they didn't they just didn't want to do it. They didn't find like they didn't really want to get it done. They kind of get distracted at times, this that and the third. Yeah. And so and so they and so like they were down in like four different classes. Mm-hmm. And so first semester, we we had to kind of have a conversation a little bit, me and a couple of the other teachers trying to figure out what's the best plan. And mm-hmm. so one of the classes was speech. And mm-hmm. so that one's a required class that you have to take. And so they have to take a semester of it mm-hmm. to get it done, get it turned in and all that. Yeah. And so and and they went out for sports. They were out for sports and they were finding their passion with that, mm-hmm. getting something else they can do after school, being able to be around their peers in kind of like of a sport mode and like something something outside of school. Yeah. Not necessarily outside of school, but still like school activities, but outside of like the classroom and such. Yeah, yeah. 
And so, and so like I, and I started, well, I started pushing in for them to help them with that speech Mm -hmm. and because they didn't want, because some of the other classes were down and I was thinking like, well, speech is kind of down already. It was like at 15% and it was already halfway through the semester. Yeah. And I was like, there, I don't think we can say that. Why don't we try pulling him out of that and for like a study hall and see and see what we could do. And so after discussing with the admin, they informed me that adding that a second study hall probably would not be beneficial. Mm-hmm. And they we use kind of like uh, Odysseyware uh-huh. for like trying to bring students back up to speed and such on classes that they either weren't able to pass, but they need for to graduate. And yeah. so they're and so we're trying to kind of get away from that kind of mindset with it. So mm-hmm. what they had me do, I discussed with a teacher as well, the speech teacher, and we came up with a plan that I would come in, we would help we and every time I'm in there, we'll work on this speech, we'll get it done and like we'll do it for like half credit or so. Mm-hmm. And then whatever topic we're on, we'll get that done, get do it to the best of our ability and we'll just kind of move forward from there. Uh-huh. And so we were so we were fortunate enough to be able to get get them all the way up and past speech from like 12% or uh-huh. so like halfway through the semester like done with first quarter already. Cool. So and you so. you said Sorry, I interrupted you. Yep. But you said this student was getting more into sports. Did that? Yes. I can tell just talking to you a little bit, you really like that physical activity, that the sports mindset. Have you been connecting with the student on that? Was that part of the story or just? Absolutely. I connect, I connect with them on uh, various forms of sport. One of the main things is uh, exercise. Yep. Exercise or going to the gym and working out. That is... I really like the strength and conditioning aspect of the physical education side, and so I like wa- I like watching different things that can help improve form or to help students like be able to get to see their goals and be able to achieve those goals. Yeah, and so I and so we even had a discussion today about the different exercises that that they were. Uh, doing for like th- a couple of days ago mm-hmm. and just discussing on like oh what are you doing or like we did this or mm-hmm. you, we were doing that and so this and this semester so far we've gotten from like when they were down in four classes now they're not down in one class yet and we're a we had got mm-hmm. all those grades coming back up but one of the things I think we adjusted was having them come into my room for a study hall. Uh-huh. And so, and then having that, I think that positive male role, role model yeah. in their life helps them to kind of help them to kind of keep going and such and having that extra little push to get things done. Yeah. And what a victory for a kid who's down in four subjects mm-hmm. and now they're passing everything. And Yes. Um, yeah, and to see that in your first year teaching is a cool story for sure. Absolutely, and they're looking forward to next into like the next school year with football coming up, mm-hmm. and so they're they're really passionate about wanting to get on there, get get on the team, and be able to go out and play. Yeah, and so cool. You talked about the pullout, um, but I mm-hmm. can't help asking the 
So sometimes when I get yes. talking to teachers, and I'm guilty of this too, mm-hmm. we'll get in that complaining mode of like, ah, oh, man, this kid just can't <laughs> can't mm-hmm. get it together, can't do this. What what is it that happened in this story with this kid that made it turn around? Do you think it's just when we push in sometimes as teachers, or I think it's finding the why. Uh-huh. If you find and understand the why behind they are acting a certain way, mm-hmm. then you start to understand and then you know what what you can what you can do and what you can use to be able to reach that student to be able to get like to get like what you want. Like you want them to turn in homework, you want them mm-hmm. them to engage in class or whatever the case is. You got to find that why because it could be something be as simple as that they didn't sleep very well last night because there was an argument going on in the other room. Yeah. Or there is or they left school the other day and they saw their parents get arrested. Mm-hmm. Or there's always there's always a why behind it and if you find that why then you can uh, then you understand the behavior when you understand the behavior then you can help to kind of ma- to help not necessarily manage it but be able to understand why and then be able to find other avenues around it mm-hmm. that's cool i recently my husband is a big chiefs fan mm-hmm. and recently after they won the super bowl who uh, we were just going down to our little small town bar and restaurant to celebrate mm-hmm. and one of my former students came over to me you're making me think of this story because he was honestly probably the naughtiest student I ever had. Just could not deal um, with authority, just all kinds of behaviors. And he came up to me, you know, he's a, a grown person now with a mm-hmm. job who's actually doing really well. And he kind of apologized to me and then told me some of the context of it. And it was just really weird to me because at the time I... I just would get really frustrated, honestly. I was Mm -hmm. trying to connect with him. I was trying to do everything I could. Um, But I said to him, you know, knowing this now, what would you tell teachers about, you know, who you were and what you were going through? And I think it relates to what you're talking about because he said, just listen. The kids are telling you what's wrong. They might not be telling you with their words. It might be with how they're acting or not acting or not doing homework, Mm -hmm. being down in four subjects. Like sometimes I just loved how he said, listen, they're telling you. I I thought that was kind of profound to me because he was a kid who was hard to listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm glad he's doing well. So that's good. um, Okay. Sorry. This is you telling me a teaching story. All good. All good. I'm talking. Okay. are there any other teaching stories? I know you're working on your master's. Is there anything from that or something else from the classroom you wouldn't mind sharing? Hmm. I think like one of the biggest things that I kind of overprepared for was uh, how administrators want um, like lesson plans uh-huh. and such and how they want them. And sometimes they want to have like they want to know everything going on. Sometimes they just give me a unit what are you what are your steps you're working on and then let's like tie it to a standard what's your objective let's go from there mm-hmm. and so down like a down and dirty what you're doing let's go forward because they have 
X amount of teachers, they have to go through and look through all of that. Yeah. And especially at bigger schools, like if you go to Lincoln or Omaha, where you're going to have like 40 plus teachers or so in one school setting, mm-hmm. that if you do three pages per teacher, that's 120 pages yeah. you have to read through. And that's one, that's one lesson. So if you have like seven, if you multiply that by seven, you're going to have 840 pages per day you have to read through. Yeah. And so that's pretty, and like, I understand like the whole reason behind it. Get down. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Further, further, further. And like, I, I get that. Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing is, is that ask questions, ask, like, if you don't know something, find your, find a mentor, find someone Mm -hmm. in your area that you can talk to, ask questions, and that they're going to be receptive and be able to help you grow as grow as a professional in this profession. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything else, ask like ask your principal if they how you how they want you to fill out like lesson plans or what they want. Yeah. That way, you're not if you're filling out like two to three long pages of stuff and they only want like half a page or something that saves a lot of time on your part because you got it because you got to teach you got to get stuff set up you have six to seven different classes you have to prepare for yeah and having that and having whatever little bit of time you can get and scrounge for is going to help benefit you in the long run and help kind of basically troubleshoot going through those classes seeing what works seeing what doesn't yeah absolutely i well and as college students we sometimes have people make such long it's like training wheels on a bike like Mm -hmm. here's this huge thing you have to create and then when you're out in the classroom it's more like what can be on a sticky note (laughs) what what can i do for today so yes it's i think it's important that if you know the like Understanding what information people are going to be looking for or if your boss is like looking for. If you can if you can be succinct and to the point with that information, they're gonna they're gonna love you for it because it's like, I know this, this is what you're on, this is what you're teaching, this is a standard. Okay. Boom, I know exactly what it is. I don't need to know anything else. Yep. And so and they'll have times where they'll come in and be able to watch you and like and like understand like see your teaching methods on different mm-hmm. different occasions and such mm-hmm. and so that'll that and you can get a lot of valuable information that way too is teaching like what you thought it was going to be like a little it was a little bit what i was what i thought it was going to be like um in my area it's more of that kind of like that mentor that like the one there trying to help and get and get uh, get those students to be able to do the best that they can to help provide that support for them. Yeah. And so, and being at that high school level, I kind of, in my classroom, I created more of a, since, since they're high school students, and they're switching from dependency to independency, mm-hmm. um, giving them that if you act like adults, you get treated like adults. And so, yeah. if you come in, you get homework done. You get... You're busy doing stuff. You're asking like, "Hey, I got I got to go study for this test in this person's class. Can I go?" Mm-hmm. If you are self advocating for yourself, then then I give them a little more flexible seating, so they don't have to sit in a wooden chair at a wooden desk. They can sit on the floor, or they can, 
use uh i have like an exercise ball chair where Uh they could sit they could use that to sit in or if they or if they want to be able to do like a crossword puzzle or if they want to draw a picture or or whatever if they want to watch film if they're out for sports Mm -hmm. i allow that because they're showing me that they can self-advocate for themselves when needed Mm -hmm. they can conduct themselves like adults and like they understand those boundaries and such and they're respectful Mm-hmm. And so I think that that has helped me to help them because they're in that stage where 90% of their life or up to 95% of their life is do this, do this, do this. You're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. Yeah. And so they're starting to transition from that post-secondary into after high school. And so they, they start to transition from being dependent on someone and they want to push for that to push to be independent mm-hmm. and they want to do things on their own. They want to be able to do things without mm-hmm. someone constantly telling them what to do. Yeah. And so and I think being able to help them with that by kind of kind of helping them with that independency and help them to strive for it. I think that really helps and helping set that in like different rules and such in place. Now, I didn't start. Right, I I came out and told them that I want like I can like I'll trust you as long like as much as I can or like yeah. I trust you till I can. Yeah. And so and I set firm rules. Try and I don't budge from those so that it's black and white. And it's like like if you're doing this, okay, you get this. Okay, you're doing this, you get this. Yeah. If you're not doing this, you got to do this. And then once you set those rules and those boundaries and you understand where they're at and like how they act, how they react, what like you kind of establish that baseline Mm -hmm. and then then you can start to dial it back maybe a little bit at a time. Uh And, And basically this is what my senior drill instructor did for us, uh, staff sergeant jolly. And he, like it was like hard fought from the very beginning trying to go through all all boot camp stuff and that but by the time we were and like he gave like a little bit a little bit of independency throughout like a little bit like okay you get you can shower now but you don't get a time limit you can do this you don't get a time limit it's uh-huh. like hey you have this time and this time to get stuff done get it done yeah. and so it kind of helped give that give that independency like uh-huh. little by little and then once you, we made it through and made it through the crucible it wasn't all like oh you're marines now you're marines now it wasn't like a sudden change it was like a gradual release uh-huh. and so it's cool how your army background or marine background has led to different things in your classroom mm-hmm. and strangely the story i was telling you about that student yes some of my frustrations with him uh, my administrator at the time was uh, still is a great administrator, had an army background. Mm-hmm. And my default is usually like relationships, try to like, you know, listen to them and respond. And he mm-hmm. pushed me a little bit of like, no, this kid needs consistency of like, okay, first time, second time, third time. And so mm-hmm. between doing that with him, and then I would always, when he got in trouble, try to circle back to that relationship piece too. I just think those two things. Anyway, I just think our stories are connected in cool ways the more we talk. Um, So, okay, Austin, I think we could talk all day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm just, I want to say thank you uh, because 
certainly with your background, you could have done a lot of things and mm-hmm. you've chosen to be a teacher. And I know the students you're building relationships with in Pawnee City and the staff there and the parents just appreciate you being a teacher. So thanks for the work that you're doing. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. I like to end the podcast with a quote and we have a quote from Austin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is, I'm going to say it and then Austin, you mind kind of telling us yeah. what you're meaning? Yes. He says, when thoughts internalize they toxify when thoughts internalize they toxify so basically with this uh with this um whenever thoughts start to internalize or you start having these emotions that bottle up in you um they'll they start to turn inward on you so Mm -hmm. the main thing from it is that you need like it's okay to like be able to push through some things some challenging times but you also have to find time to be able to talk to someone about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because if you keep those thoughts inside you, if you keep those, the different things that are going on inside your head, if that remains in you, it starts to turn inward. And so it basically becomes toxic to you. And so it, it can lead to adverse effects from it or consequences. So the main thing is like be able to have a strong support group and have people you can talk, you can kind of talk freely to and be able to release whatever you need so that you can basically detoxify. Yeah. Find those teacher friends and talk it out. Absolutely. Well, Austin, thanks again for talking to us today. I really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 